Music is the divine language of the heart. It helps us realize a fundamental truth of our human nature. When we are moved by a song's essence, its treble, its bass, its rhythm, its lyrics, its passion, and its depth, we understand that man must explore. And this is exploration at its greatest. Get ready as we launch into song exploration. Let's get right to it. Today we're breaking down I Love Me by Demi Lovato. Catalina and I happened to see the documentary that was on YouTube that was really cool. And we also heard Demi Lovato on Joe Rogan. Check that out. Um, His podcast, which was also really cool. Just an awesome experience. And I felt a bond with her. Just um, a resilient person who has some difficulties, you know, deals with addiction and just powerful. Yeah, Demi um, Lovato seems like just an awesome person. Amazing. Like she just seems totally. so down to earth I love and her. so friendly I love her. and just uh, you know, she's an old soul. Yes. And I think she's even mentioned that of herself. I do think she's very talented and I think getting to know her as a person a little bit more was actually it made me love her more. It made me, you know, seeing Same her here. as a human and just her personality and uh, you know, her her boisterous laughter, like all of it. She just I think she just seems like a really fun person like oh, I, Demi amazing. Lovato if you want to move in next door to us <laughs> you're more than welcome to because we would totally welcome you to the neighborhood Demi you're awesome you're like a sister you know I feel I felt that in my soul this this woman's like my sister right and she's just so cool and I love that she's fully herself and you know we always talk about this discovery journey as human beings and she's figuring things out and you know, she just has a raw ability to be real. There's a there's an authenticity that really comes mm, forth that I is re- beautiful and refreshing. And I love this song. I love this song. It's wonderful. This is a fun song. It's a really fun beat, which yep. I love because I think when you get into something like some of the lyrics that are on here, it could very easily be like this really um, serious song, but it's really fun and it's upbeat and it's actually a great song to work out to. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I I think you were getting into where she is in the context of her life when this song came out, you know, it was after she had had a, um, semi-recent, um, relapse relapse with, uh, with, uh, you know, her, her addictions and had had some very serious health problems, um, because of it and, you know, almost died actually, um, her own words. She had a stroke. And so she had, yes, I think several strokes and all sorts of stuff. And so she, she was going through some. amazing that she's alive. Yeah. But it's interesting because she talks about kind of this process leading up to it in her documentary where she says, uh, you know, that it, it was kind of like almost living this perfect existence where there was so much rigidity around everything that she was doing in her life. Like people weren't even allowed to have like a donut in her presence because they were super strict with her diet mm. and stuff. And so it just seemed like it was this building thing for her where she was trying to, you know, she had this sobriety, but she wasn't happy. And so, um, you know, she, she's kind of in this place now, which I, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about, but where she calls this California, California sober hey, or something. You know what? But this concept behind it is so I think cool. It's cool. Cause she she's talks trying about to balance. find balance. I exactly. She's saying like, if this is sobriety where I'm like, I'm technically sober and all the things I'm supposed to be sober in, I'm eating perfect. I'm, I'm doing all this, but I'm freaking miserable. Like, what is the point? And so I think this song is just so, it's it's a mantra for her being where she's at, where she's like, when when can I just accept myself for how I am? Because I think that she talks about her whole, part of the biggest problem is her just constantly feeling this, she needs to be something different than who she is to be happy. And she's trying to fit into those molds and she's not. But uh, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing, and I love the whole uh, martial arts kind of component. Oh, yeah, so the video, yeah, so right. the music video is really fun. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it, but it starts out with kind of this, um, m- like, multiple people. There's regular Demi, there's this, like, martial arts Demi, like, this almost bad guy Demi, and then there's this... Um, 
like Zen Buddhist like meditation yoga demi and they're all in the same room and they basically start kind of uh, fighting with each other in different ways and you know it's kind of like her beating herself up and it was just a really cool visual of I think what goes on in a lot of people's heads mm-hmm. I know sure sure goes in on in my head sometimes of of that which matched the lyrics really well so what we do here what we do is we break down these songs so let's take the first verse I'm just gonna read it Catalina, let's just talk about talk a little bit about it. So it says, flipping through all these magazines, telling me who I'm supposed to be, way too good at camouflage, can't see what I am, I just see what I'm not, I'm guilty about everything I eat, every single bit, in parentheses, feeling myself is a felony, Jedi-level sabotage, voices in my head make up an entourage. You want me to go? Sure, go ahead and the start. first line. I mean, I love this. We have a culture that is a money-making machine. and Not finding any fault or judgment. It's just the reality. Oh, there's, it sucks. There's big business. It sucks. And <laughs> I'm finding sex fault. Sex sells. I think it sucks. Makeup sells. <laughs> you know, you get all this stuff. And you think about the insecurity for little girls, but not just little girls, boys, girls. You know, we got all these messages of who we're supposed to be. I remember being a kid and... I wanted to be Superman. I wanted to be Batman. I wanted to be Tom Cruise. I wanted to be Steve Jobs. I wanted to be well, it's all those perfect. things you saw on TV yeah. and in magazines and in right. what is what, what are the comic books. Yep. It's all those things that you're right. seeing outside right. of yourself that's right. telling you, funny enough, what you are supposed to be, what you should want to be. And the stuff's doctored. I mean, right. Catalina has shown me many times, we won't mention any names, <laughs> but certain actresses and certain reality oh stars. We won't mention Nowadays, names. Nowadays, it's crazy. And they'll There's say so like, much Photoshop going on. It's just unbelievable. It's freaking unbelievable. It's Don't insane. believe anything unless you see the physical person in front of you with your own eyes. That's all I have to say. And then you got <laughs> like not real. women getting ass implants oh my goodness breast alterations and nothing galore. nothing wrong with like once again no judgment but it's just where does it end and when 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 does it end you know so the first line flipping through all these magazines that are telling me who i'm supposed to be right away just talks about the reality of, of being human in the united states and not just in the united states in the world. right yeah in I the think world it's, it's there's a pressure Everywhere. To live up to something that's not real. It's artificial. Because even the beautiful supermodels take off their makeup at night and they wake up a little different, right? Than they look when they're when someone's spending <laughs> ten hours. Like that, right? Yeah, ten Completely. hours making them look perfect. And you know, something's wrong there. And so right off the bat, she's recognizing that and I love that line. Well, I definitely relate to it. Like it's something that I mean, it's it's whether it's friends in school or it's um, you know, Instagram or Facebook or TMZ or Bravo or whatever. It's there's constantly this pressure of there's you need more. You need something else because what you are is not enough. Right. Period. And right. I think I mean this has been around since like the dawn of time. I mean, way back before TV or electricity was invented. It's this humanity has a desire for the rare, right? The rare is what is special. Well, sometimes. Sometimes the rare is what's punished and ridiculed and, and, you know, subjected to lots of horrible things. But sometimes rare, if we like it, is something to strive for. And so no matter what it is, it's so funny because actually I want to say it's like, I want to say maybe it's not the Middle Ages, but it's there. there's some, I, I want to say it's like, I don't know, right around industrialism or something like that. There's some area of time many, many years ago when a lot of paintings were coming out. And these paintings predominantly had women painted with small breasts because that was desirable back then. So it's just funny because I guess that, you know, it's or and heavier, heavier women with bigger breasts was actually desirable. And the reason was because they, they were considered wealthy. If your skin was really fair and not damaged, if your breasts were small, that means you were probably really young. If you were heavier, that meant that you were wealthy and so you could indulge. And it's just, we no matter what it is, we, what, when, we always want that rare thing. And I think that this is nothing, no different, but it's great to call it out in, you know, yeah, just it exists today. It's rampant today. And a lot of people feel really insecure about who they are because of that. And I love, I just love that she called it out and love 
that she talks about herself being a celebrity and feeling that pressure. Because I think it's easy for all of us to look at these uh, glamorous, wealthy people, you know, the lives of the rich and famous, and think, like, you have no problems or your problems, yeah, maybe you have addiction, but you're, you know, you're perfect, you eat perfect, you have chefs on hand, you have every clothing article and expensive purse and shoe and whatever else that you could possibly need. But... No, nobody's not subjected to that. And I would almost say that the more that you have, sometimes the worse that that feeling of insecurity gets because you're, you, you inevitably start tying your value to those things and that, you know, being whatever you think it is that's making people desire you, like being thin or a model or tall or whatever, young, whatever it is that's, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, so she's experiencing this in the first line of the song, She's saying way too good at camouflage, so she's able to disguise who she really is to fit this bullshit, I'm just going to say it, this bullshit that the culture puts on us, and she's lost inside of it because you get lost Mm -hmm. when you're trying to be this and be that and be this and be that and be this and be that instead of being who you really are, and it's so easy to happen. I fall for this trap my life, and you know it's so easy for all of us. Uh, well, and and she's guilty. She feels guilty about yeah. all this stuff. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, I think also something that's really cool, Demi, is that I think she calls out that this is, it, addicts are traditionally really, really good at having a false self. Mm. Like having, making everything seem well, I don't cool, even think just addicts, cool. but I think you're it's right. It's not. It's not just addicts. But I think that that's a good example of like a group of people that, I mean, literally, Typically, when they have their addiction, they have to have a second persona because they have to maintain for at least a period of time that things are fine when they're not fine below the surface. And so it's like this lying to self. But I 100% agree with you that it is absolutely not just addicts. We all have that fake self. Um, I think it depends on sometimes the difference between who you really are and your fake self is wider like that gap between the two is wider and sometimes it's less wide sometimes it's a canyon sometimes it's a crack but I absolutely think everybody struggles with that but I I really think that that's um that's a cool thing to call out as well is that just you know we all it's like when someone asks you you know like hey what's wrong you seem like you're upset I'm fine like just it's keeping that calm cool collected outside when Things are going bonkers in your head. You know, you know what fine stands for, right? Freaked right. out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And so <laughs> when you say fine, that's what you're really saying. And I think that, you know, that's it's a form of camouflage. We're trying to pretend that everything's mm. great. And I think, um, you know, being in a position where a lot of eyeballs are on you, whether it's, uh, you know, high up in a company or like Demi Lovato, who's a, um, you know, a music star, it's it's even I think there's a lot of pressure from people who are like, I don't really care how you really feel. You need to get your shit together or at least appear like your shit is together. Right. And so it's 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 almost we don't live in a society where we're like, oh, I really want to make sure that you're OK. Tell me what's really going on. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> just make it look like things are fine so that we can just get on with our day. And I, I just yeah. Great thing to call out. No, and it's cool. I don't want to get too philosophical, theoretical, uh, um, you know, too much theology. But we bring up the word false self. And you bring up in addictions, and I totally agree. But you have different teachers like Deepak Chopra. You got Thomas Keating from a Christian perspective. Deepak is certainly not Christian. Um, You got... Eckhart Tolle, they all mentioned the ego and the false self. So there's something in all of us, I believe, because you have different systems of philosophy and thought talking about this as part of our human condition. And I totally relate to it. It's this false self, this false idea that's not really me. It's part of my ego. It's this thing I put on because I have these instincts that need to be satisfied. And I probably in many cases overdo them. My instinct to be liked my instinct to have a healthy self-esteem, my instinct to have a relationship, my instinct to make money. Like I have all these instincts that are, that are good, they're not bad, but if they are overdone, you know, and my ego starts running the show, I can forget about things that are essential. And so I love how she brings up, you know, feeling guilty about everything she eats, you know, this Jedi level sabotage and the voices in her head making up an entourage because there's all these crazy voices trying to figure out, like, 
to me, different selves yeah. too, right? Like she has in the video where it's right. like, you know, somebody's telling her like part of her is like, oh, you know, you just need to relax. And, and, you know, like the Zen part of her is like, oh, you just need to meditate and pray and kind of study yourself. And the, right. uh, maybe the regular parts of it, I need to get my shit done. I have to run a business. I'm, I'm the business. I need right. to run this. I need to get things done. You know, the, the bully in yourself is why the hell aren't you get keeping up with things? Like I, I love that. And Me I too. love that. You know, she's so transparent about her struggles, and I just love that. I, I, in a world where people that are trying to pretend like they are hot shit no matter what, mm-hmm. um, I just love that she's like, I don't care. You can, you know, she, she uses all of her quote-unquote weaknesses, which I wouldn't call them weaknesses, no. but some people do. Their strengths, the yeah, fact that she totally. brings them up and is really transparent totally. about them, it makes them total strengths and total examples to other people that they're not alone. And I love that she just slipped that little, you know, I'm guilty about everything that I eat because I know that she said she struggled with an eating disorder for right. many, many years. And I I, th- I don't know, maybe still does sometimes. But so I just think like, again, being really, really, um, really transparent and really vulnerable with her audience. I mean, you know, I, the, the media, it's also a great strategy. I mean, I don't know if this is part of it, but like, cause the media love to catch you in things. They like to discover things. They like to uncover, they like to find the skeletons buried in the, in the garage, you know, in the yard. But if your skeleton's sitting out front on the front porch, like with a suit on and saying hi to everybody, they're not interested in that. They're interested in all the stuff that you're not disclosing. And so I just love that. She's kind of like, you know what? Screw you. I'm an open book. Exactly. There's nothing. And I think it's back to the very first couple lines of her talking about, um, self, uh, you know, feeling insecure and stuff. This, just the nature of her being disclosing all this stuff through this song is part of actually her loving herself. Yes. You know, which is so funny. It's like literally the act of doing this is practicing her self-love. And what a gift to all of us. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, as even as we're talking about this, I'm like, it's almost like a theological masterpiece. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Right? That's been taken to today's generation. I mean, it's so profound authenticity. Are typically there. I mean, it's you can go back. I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of years where poems and songs were put to. Poems were put to music and turned into songs, but they were deep. This is not, there's nothing different about that today. I mean, you know, there are probably crappy poems before, just like there are crappy songs now. And there are great poems, just like there are great songs then and now. And I I think, yeah, I totally agree. It's it's a deep, that's why I say it's so funny because it's a very upbeat song. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally, you can, you know, bump it and run on your treadmill to it. But, um, or, you know, ladies, while you're getting ready to go meet your date, you know, you can play it while you're putting your makeup on. Like, it's super upbeat. But it's a deep song. There's a lot to it. Totally, totally. All right, you ready to go to the next? Let's do part? it. Wait, no, I just have to okay, say I love whoa. the line of Jedi level sabotage. Yeah, talk I just to love me about that. that. I just love it. I just, Why? I think it's such a great. Um, mm. I think it's such a great mental image. Like yes. it's not just I sabotage myself. It's like I, I, I mean, <laughs> Jedi, right? Dramatic. Right, exactly. Yeah. Jedi's are like the top, top, top fighters who are not even excellent at physical fighting, but mental warfare, right? Like, they're, they make you think things that you don't think, right? Like, what it, what is it? Like, the, the droids are not here or something like that, you know? And so I just think it's brilliant. It's such a little no, thing. There's such a little slip in there. Um, but I oh, just think it's, it's great. I love it. I love well, that Well, sabotage line. is a whole different topic about why we sabotage ourselves and not to get too into it but i remember reading something along the lines if we have some type of insecurity and we're so used to maybe even being belittled belittling ourselves or someone shamed us someone ridiculed us bullied us we're comfortable with that so when we start getting success we sabotage ourselves because we're afraid of something that's not feeling low insecure or bullied so we want to go back to that place i mean crazy how the human brain and the way we're wired is just extremely interesting and fascinating. Humans are crazy. Yeah. We're crazy people. We're crazy creatures. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> All right, ready? Yep. All right, let's do the next part. Because I'm a black belt when I'm beating up on myself, but I'm an expert at giving love to somebody else. I, me, myself, and I don't see eye to eye, me, myself, and I. But just those first two lines, right? Beating up on myself, for me, it touches on my perfectionism. I... 
constantly beating up on myself. And I think a lot of people are perfectionists or really hard on ourselves. And going back to her first verses, because society's telling you basically in the movies, you got to be perfect. There's a message. You have to be perfect. And so I'm trying to be perfect because I want to be happy. And this happiness desire is inside of me, but I don't know how to do it. And I love this line. I'm an expert at giving love to somebody else, meaning I don't take care of myself. I'm a maybe a people pleaser and I'm a codependent. I'm trying to worry about someone else and not look at myself in a healthy way. Your thoughts, Catalina? Yeah, no, I mean, I love I love these lines. I, I love, again, the mental imagery of saying I'm a black belt when I'm beating up myself. So, again, I'm not just beating up on myself. I'm I'm an expert at beating the shit out of myself, which if you, again, watch the music video, that's actually what she is doing. It's Demi Lovato fighting Demi Lovato and beating the shit out of herself. <laughs> and it's just, I think it, it talks to the uh, internal struggle that we all have between different parts of ourself, um, trying to figure out what's what the right thing is to do sometimes when it's hard to, or what the the when you're figuring out what the comfortable thing is or what you're inclined to do. And I think, you know, um, again, you know, someone who maybe has a little bit of tiny bit of history with codependency. Uh, I can totally understand what she's talking about with it being an expert of giving love to somebody else because it's when in codependency, it's so easy. You, you literally, the, the problem is that you put everybody else ahead of yourself and to the point where you are lacking um, in taking care of yourself for even your basic needs, right? So like, oh, I'm going to lose sleep because I'm going to help this friend with this. Oh, I don't need to work out tomorrow because I got to go help so-and-so with this. And it's just this constant feeding to everybody else. And, and I love the idea. It's almost like if you have food, but you're so busy literally feeding everybody around you, you're going to starve to death. If you don't at some point stop and eat yourself, so I, not eat yourself, but eat, give yourself food. <laughs> but uh, I, so I really like the imagery here. And again, even the me, myself, and I don't see eye to eye, I think is great because again, it speaks to the multiple different people, ideas, you know, personality, not personalities, because I'm not saying you're multiple personality person, but maybe you are, I don't know. But it's, uh, there's lots of voices in your head and uh, different parts of yourself telling you different things. And I think people telling you things that are in your head. So hearing what your parents told you or what your agent told you or what your boss told you or what your friend told you or what your boyfriend or girlfriend told you or what whoever, your therapist told you, what whoever. I And so it's all those voices in your head too. It's not just my voices, but it's all these other people saying stuff and trying to figure out what the hell, like, how do you, how do you filter through all the noise? You know, it's like, if you've ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty, and there's that part where he's like, I want to hear everybody's prayers or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> everybody talking at once asking for stuff. I think it's, it's similar to that. It just, it's like so much noise. Sometimes you can't even hear yourself think, you know, I love it. I love it, Catalina. Um, I think we did a good job on that section. How about we go to the next section? Let's do it. Um, so the next line, oh, why do I compare myself to everyone? And I always got my finger on the self-destruct. I wonder when I love me is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that line in the song. <laughs> she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so cute. And she's, she's adorable. She's adorable. So why do I compare myself to everyone? You know, we got all these messages and that is what I do, right? Like I'm comparing myself to everyone. I think of First Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. Envying is comparing myself to everyone instead of appreciating my own uniqueness, my own goodness. But you know, as I listen to us talk about this and I read these lyrics, I'm like, in today's culture, if you're not journaling, if you're not meditating and like getting some type of you know, silence like self-care stuff like yeah if you're not shutting you down to, do to try to just disconnect the from news all the, all the, the negativity oh my god how can you find your authentic self how can you love yourself you can... it's almost impossible and you know she says you know um you know why do i compare myself to everyone i always get my figure on the self-destruct I wonder if when I love me is enough. And I think of that phrase and, you know, because to me it's like, well, loving yourself is enough. But if you think about a measuring stick, right, and you say like the culture is through the roof of an intensity of thousands of messages screaming at you in this 
kind of way of being that's not real and not good, but telling you need to be this, you need to be that, you need to be this. It's all these messages that are not good. And we're surrounded and saturated in it. I remember one time hearing a preacher say, if you sit in a tub full of cow manure long enough, you're going to come out smelling funny. Meaning to sit in our toxic culture, the parts that are toxic, all this stuff, it, it gets in us. Meaning if I got to learn how to love myself, I can't just do it a little bit. I got to start overdosing on not loving myself in a, in a sar, uh, selfish way, narcissistic way, but truly silencing out the stuff that's toxic, getting in touch to things that are nourishing me. As you mentioned, Catalina, that healthy self-care, what's really good for me? And you hear a lot of teachers today, you know, talk about um, being in the present moment, you know, mindfulness, affirmations, kindness, you know, journaling, processing our feelings, you know, all this stuff is so important to do as a way of learning to love myself. And I don't know about you, I need a lot of it to feel good. So I wonder when I love me is enough. A little bit of I love me is not enough. I have to overdose (laughs) on the I love me and be around other people who are loving themselves. Right? Because the people like of your lifestyle. What do you think of that, Catalina? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. I mean, I think, you know, something else that pops up to me when I read these lines, um, is we all have habits that we know are destructive, but we do them anyways, because they're habits and they're hard and they're deeply ingrained in us, depending upon how early on in our life we started doing these habits. And so I think comparing, she's talking about comparing herself to everybody and, um, maybe doing things that are self-destructive. It, that she she knows that she does these things and I think she's not the only one because we all have those things in us but she does them anyway and it's frustrating because it's like why the heck do I keep doing this stuff and and you know I, I think to your point like wonder when I don't want to seek outside acceptance to love myself so I wonder when I care about myself enough and I accept myself enough that it doesn't matter what the noise says. Like, I don't have to compare myself anymore because I'm completely happy with where I'm at today myself. So, but I, I think it's really cool that it's a struggle that everybody has, you know? And uh, I think it also, uh, you know, the self-destruct piece, um, again, I think we all do stuff that, I mean, even whether it's simple or complex, we all do stuff that, is not good for ourselves, but we do it anyways. We know it's not good. I mean, good grief. What do they say? Like new year's resolutions, like I, some crazy percentage of people have already broken their new year's resolution and given up by like before January's over. Like, you know what I mean? So I, you know, it's, it, it's definitely not, she's not the only person who has resolved for something and, and says, I'm not going to do this, but then falls right into back into bad habits of stuff. Yeah, it must be interesting, too, because I can't remember, but I know in the documentary, I want to say she mentioned some other artists who may have even been older who she had a friendship with, which I think is beautiful because the idea... Well, I know she's friends with uh, several artists, like, but like Elton older, John. Oh, yeah, maybe it was Elton John. Yeah, so he'd be perfect, right? Because he's another addict. And, right. Well, you know, he's like, but, I'm addicted to everything. Yeah, no. <laughs> and he's lived through it. So yeah. he's come out the other yeah. side. And, and Incredible. Beautiful story, right? And then you think about, um, I know there was someone from the Chili Peppers who also put a lot of work, was a heroin addict. But you think of like a Bobby McFerrin, who is just a beautiful soul. And I best like no matter what your profession is, to find those people who have this serenity and joy and trying to be around them or learn from them. It's just kind of an idea that came to my mind. But that was really good, Catalina. Do you want to go to the next Let's part? Go to the next. Let's do it. So, um, why am I always looking for a ride or die? Question mark. Because <laughs> mine's the only heart I'm going to have for life. After all the times I went and effed it up, I wonder when I love me is enough. Your thoughts? You want me to go first? Um, no, I mean again, I love these lyrics. I so I me love too. I love the um, 
you know, why am I looking for the, why am I always looking for a ride or die? I think again, it speaks back to the, why am I doing certain things that are destructive to my life and actually make my life harder? And I think that, you know, the ride or die speaks to the desired extremes. I think sometimes people have a desire for certain extremes of something like it's one way or another, it's black and white. It's either got to be this or that. And I think addicts especially really want that. Um, or they just, that's part of like the nature of, of typically, um, you know, addicts want extremes and things or tend to extremes and things. And, um, it's destructive because sometimes, you know, most of life is, is in the gray. It's in the middle. It's not on the, the edges of one extreme or another. And, uh, you know, again, even talking about, again, the self-destruct, like she's always, um, oh, sorry. I missed, I went to the wrong line. It's okay. Um, oh, cause mine's the only heart I'm going to have for life, which again, I think speaks to, you've got to, that acceptance, that self-love has to really come from internally. It has to come from you because it can't, you can't get that from someone else. Someone else, you can't depend on another person for that. Not to say you can't ever depend on anyone for anything, because I think that's a crazy extreme, but like you can't, um, if somebody is your higher power, Mm. then they're going to screw up. Mm. They're going to fuck up at some point. (laughs) They're going to make a mistake and it might even be a huge one. And then if your self-worth is tied into what this person thinks of you or this person being perfect and on this pedestal, then you're going to like crash and burn with them because you're, you're tied up with them. You've literally chained yourself to, from your ankle to theirs. And so I think it's, you know, you've got to, we've got to come up with that, um, internally ourselves instead of expecting it from someone else. Because, um, yeah. Anyways, what do you think? I love it. I, I mean, I'm so moved by this song. It seems like every lyric we explore, there's so much that pops out in a powerful way. Almost like I was reading a sermon or something from the Bible. And I, and it's, I just think it's powerful that it does that. Um, you know, why am I always looking for a ride or die? You mentioned the extremes and being wired to the extremes. One thing that came to mind was a revelation verse, uh, the book of revelation in scripture. And it was something to, I'm paraphrasing. It's like, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you are mediocre, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And it's almost like God saying, I want you to be extremely passionate, Mm -hmm. right? One way or the other. So if it's goodness or, like, if you don't know, better to go hot, better to do crazy stuff and searching. Because I think part of our humanity, and just thinking out loud here, is we have this desire for happiness. And so when we're children, we also, part of our humanity, we have natural instincts, like I mentioned early on. You know, to be self-esteem, to have relationship, to make money, to um, have ambition, And it's kind of this idea, like, I got to go after it or I'm going to be left in the dust. And I know I felt that as a kid, like, I better hit it or I'm going to be left in the dust. So I'm going to push it and I'm pushing it because I want to live my life. But it's easy to get lost in a lot of things that are harmful for me. And I think what this line, the first two lines is saying, like, my heart, I'm pushing myself. Like, why do I always looking for this super high ride? Or die, like I'm putting myself like life or death in these situations to chase these highs, but my heart is something I have to have for life. And then she talks about all the times she went and screwed things up. And I think the screwing things up is kind of beautiful because it, it reminds me about making mistakes. And I remember hearing a mentor saying like God's will for your life and God's will for us is to make a lot of mistakes, to learn from those mistakes, to be compassionate to myself as I'm learning from those mistakes and extending that courtesy to, to other people as they're making their mistakes. Because life is a bunch of lessons. And so we're all kind of learning what's real and what's not. But she says, I went and messed it up. And that messed up touches on a bottom for me. Because the mess ups can be helpful because when you bottom up, you stop digging. So eventually, mm. if I bang my head off a wall or I'm taking a certain drug and it stops working, you know, a lot of people... It stops working, so now i got to find the truth, and I need to find what really is going to fill me up. The other thing I think is cool, Catalina, when you look at her lyrics, many of the things she has even in the lyrics is like a vigilance of practicing, 
and practicing, because you mentioned habits earlier, we have all these habits. It's practicing these contrary actions little by little to, you know, not have this stuff impact us so much. And it takes a vigilance and you got to start by practicing. Practice makes progress. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I love the line after all the times I went and fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I love that line. Me too. Because it just, it's, it, we all have, um, I mean, there's not a human being that's more than a few days old <laughs> on this earth who doesn't have like a closet full of skeletons or a bunch of, you know, bodies buried in the backyard or things that they're ashamed of and mistakes that they've made. And it just, I love that it's, it's almost like it's, you can, it doesn't matter how many times not only have made a mistake, but like literally have gone intentionally and fuck things up, like have done things like there's a whole, if you look at this whole couple lines before that, it's all talking about, I know this is not what I'm supposed to do, but I'm doing it anyways. It's not like a, oops, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to turn on this street. It's like, I know I wasn't supposed to do this, but I did it anyways. And I can't. I'm trying to figure out how to stop, but I don't necessarily know how to, or it's really hard or whatever. And I just, I love it because, uh, I don't know. I just relate to that line a lot. And, uh, yeah, that it doesn't matter. Like there's no point where you're like, Oh, okay. Well, only if you haven't reached this point of fucking things up, (laughs) that's when you can go back and make it. Okay. That's when you can like, you know, things are good and you can, um, I don't know, make up for it or whatever. No, 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 no. Like you've got to, there's no point like you can no at any point in time you can go back and turn around and say hmm this is not like I want to change things I want to do things different like I don't know I just I really love that line there was a beautiful line in the documentary where I think it was her therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist it was someone on her team and I loved his explanation of when she had a relapse And I think because even after she had the strokes, I think she went and used again. But after I think the last relapse, he said, look, the way I look at it is like, how much pain was she in that she had to do this? And when you think about addiction, there, a lot of it has to do with pain. There's an inability and and it could be more than just addiction addicts. It could just be from part of our humanity. Like we're kids and we have to learn how to grow up and deal with life and life can be very difficult but there can be an inability and especially with addicts where we don't know how to process our emotions we don't know how to process our feelings we don't know how to process all those instincts that are pushing us to move forward we don't know how to process the world around us advertising tv all this stuff we're being exposed to competition uh, peer pressure. We don't. It's really hard to process all this, or to know how to process on this. We're not taught how to do it. Many of us, and so we're we struggle with this idea. So a lot of times, people go to addictions because that pain of not being able to process it uh, is so painful that they need to numb out. And I call addiction false solutions. So you pick a false solution that appears to be a solution. It numbs you out. It's a defense mechanism. It gets you through. It's a self-reliance defense mechanism that gets you through some hard times. But because it's an addiction and because it's a drug, it's not sustainable because it's not the real thing. And that's why it can be a blessing when you bottom out as long as you're still living and it doesn't kill you because you can wake up to the, to the real thing, you know, that, that self-care that inner intimacy with your higher power, that mindfulness, that stillness, um, all that stuff. So once again, I wonder when I love me is enough. It's an it, it's never enough. It's a journey that needs to start and the willingness to keep going and to learn and to make it the chief principle of my life is learning how to grow on a spiritual path to give me that relief and give me that freedom. Do you want to go to the next part? Yeah. Haters that live on the internet, live in my head, should be paying rent. I'm way too good at listening. All these comments fucking up my energy. What do you think, (laughs) Catalina? I mean, I, again, I love these lyrics. Um, You know, it it just talks about, I believe there's a line in the Alcoholics Anonymous program that talks about something regarding, like, 
people living in my head, you know, are paying. Yes. What, what, do you remember what that is? Well, I think it's um, resentment. They say like re- when you're resenting, uh, people are in your head Rid- paying rent, free rent, like rent, rent free. free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so and I, I think Taylor Swift uses it in does. one of her songs. She has one. Yeah, yeah. This is really songs, cool. Yeah. But uh, no, so I love that line um, because it's true. When you let, like, when you're thinking about people and you're either you're angry with them or you're stressed or you're worried about what they're going to say or whatever it is, you're thinking about them in some stressful, negative way. That's exactly what it is. They're living in your head rent-free. And I love that she used that line and pulled it into this song because it's absolutely true. I mean, we all have had those sleepless nights where we're sitting there, not present in the moment at all, just thinking about whatever it is we're stressed about and whomever it is we're stressed about versus just living where we are right now. And so I think that this is a really great example of that, um, that... Yeah, if they're going to be there, you should be getting some benefit from it. And just letting them sit there and, and you know, stress you out, like, is not is not helpful to you. And they don't even know what's happening. They're off living their lives. They don't even care. Actually, she has a really cool story in the documentary. Um, or no, I think in the Joe Rogan podcast about this, where she talks about some girl in high school who basically made some really awful comments to her about her weight and that's literally like when her eating disorder started and so years and years and years later she actually called this girl to make amends with her because that's part of the um, 12-step program and this girl didn't even remember that like that she said those things to her like she hadn't even thought about the horrific things that she had said to Demi Lovato years I mean we're talking over a decade later but Demi it was in her head every day all the time and so again I think that's just a really really vulnerable example that she shared with us about how some idiot can be living in your head rent free like they're causing you all this stress and anxiety and using up your resources of time and energy and focus but they're you're not getting anything from it and they don't even know it's happening you know I love it. 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 And you make me think of, you know, addiction. Um, there's a program, there's a 12-step program that stemmed, so there's Alcoholics Anonymous, and then there was Al-Anon, which I is for people. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's Alcoholics Anonymous was the first 12-step program. Then, you know, there was Al-Anon which is for people who have alcoholics in their lives and you're usually codependency there. But then a group of the Al-Anons who grew up in an alcoholic home or so they were children of alcoholics and then they started this thing, ACOA, and then there was ACA. So adult children of alcoholics, but then they also included people, maybe there weren't, wasn't alcohol in your family, but your family was dysfunctional. And so adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families and it just makes me think of the whole thing with addiction because addiction is like peeling off layers of an onion. On the outer layer is that false solution addiction that you're addicted to. So let's just say it's heroin. Let's say it's alcohol. Let's say it's compulsive overeating. Whatever it happens to be, you go to your primary program if you're at that point to get some sobriety. You go to your primary program. God bless you. You go to your primary program at that point to get some sobriety from your primary addiction. That's your first layer of the onion. But there's a line from the big book that says alcohol is but a symptom. Your addiction is but a symptom of a deeper problem. It's all this other stuff, like the insecurity, the instincts I mentioned earlier. But in ACA, they talk about your inner child and that if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, that you might have had a critical parent. And you might have had all these traits that were not so good for you. And so the cure is to learn how to be your own loving parent. So whenever I see her say, I wonder when I love me is enough, I kind of want to say in a really cheerful, supportive, loving way, like, Demi, like, keep going, baby. You know, <laughs> keep going because we all have to keep going yeah. because we've just started, right? We've just started. If you're at the level where you just got off a relapse, you're just starting that journey. You want to keep peeling back the layers as you get deeper and deeper into the inner child, into your emotions, and learning to nourish that to become a Jedi in that respect, right? <laughs> yeah. Instead of being a Jedi level sabotage, be a Jedi in 
doing the contrary things, the opposite of some of the things that cause problems. And that involves learning. You know, actually, it's a great analogy, like Kung Fu or martial arts. It's learning an art form. It's learning all these new tools that we never had. So I just think that's beautiful. Um, And resentment, you know, haters in my head paying rent. Resentment's just a killer. It's a poison. Mm. So totally. Well, and she uh, talks about, again, I think being really vulnerable, saying I'm way too good at listening. All these comments fucking up my energy. Like, again, it's, she's it's I know that I'm not supposed to listen to these idiots, but, but I am. addicted to and doing it's, it. Well, and it's hard not to. Or it's to. a habit. Yeah, because so it's hard not it. to. Like, you know, you can't live on an island. You live in a world with other people and you care about what people you care about think at minimum, and often we care about things people we don't care about think. You know, we care about what people right. we don't like think. And so, um, again, it's just I love the uh, vulnerability that she expresses, and I can totally relate because I have that happen all the time. Oh my God, some crazy people at work that just drive me bonkers, and I don't like them, and I don't respect them, and we have totally different philosophies, but I totally care what they think. If I hear that they think good or poor of me, I want to know what they're saying. And it's just, it's so toxic for me to do that. Like, I I shouldn't even worry about it. Like, their opinion of me is none of my business. And it doesn't affect my value or my worth, but I still do it. I still do it. Same here. I mean, I've had, because of some challenges I've had with my father when I was a kid, um, which now I have a great relationship with my dad, but early on, I, I, you know, there were some challenges there. And because of it, and even growing up with some other stuff in my family where that critical parent I was talking about was very evident. It was very hardcore, very black and white. And there was some verbal abuse. But I have a weakness of always looking to be affirmed by an authority figure, whether it's a woman or a man, but a lot of times even like a male. So a male supervisor or a boss like I want that validation. So if they say something, it's life or death in my head. And it, it, it shouldn't be that big. And to her point, I'm way too good at listening, right? It, it fucks up my energy big time. So I got to practice the art of not letting that happen. And there's a lot of different tools that you learn about in recovery and spirituality to, to help with that, which is cool. Um, anyways, next section. You ready, Catalina? One of the next new lines she sings also, you know, the main line, I wonder when I love me is enough. I'm wondering I love me is enough. I mean, that's interesting in and of itself. She's saying to herself, I'm thinking, she's saying like all this crap, but I'm almost like sounds like she's given herself effort to love herself. But when is it going to be enough to prevent against the onslaught? It kind of makes me think of like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, like Star Wars, the Jedis, they have their force and it's like, damn, man, you know, Darth Vader and the Emperor have all these stormtroopers it's like, when are we going to do is enough? When's Luke's training going to be enough to fight this enemy? Um, but once again, it's we got to keep going strong. But anyways, all right, next line. I'm my own worst critic, talk a whole lot of shit, but I'm a 10 out of 10 even when I forget. And then she says that line again. I'm a 10 I'm out of 10, don't you ever forget it. I know when I heard that line after listening to the song a few times, that last line, I started crying. There's something beautiful about her standing up for herself. Oh, yeah. Even if she doesn't totally believe it, she's saying it. And that's a good start because so many people you'll hear who have low self-esteems, who have been in addiction, 12-step recovery programs. At some point when they're peeling back that layer of the onion, they get just like self-affirmations. And sometimes that exercise is like just standing in front of a mirror and telling yourself you love yourself. That's Mm -hmm. extremely difficult. I know for me, like... I've heard that for many times. It took me like five years just hearing that to even contemplate trying it, Mm. right? And then when I tried it, I didn't do it consistently. But I think it's really healing to learn how to love ourselves. And and I love that. Like, you know, um, I'm a 10 out of 10. Don't you ever forget it. And I love how she's telling other people not to forget it. But we ourselves are the first and foremost the ones who can't forget it. Because out of all the critics and all the bullshit that we hear... In this world, we have to remind ourselves that, uh, you know, we're good the way we are. Um, So 
your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I think Kevin? this. Um, I think this part of it is almost like the climax of the song, where I feel like all the stuff that she's talked about up to this point is almost like a moment, almost like in her video where she's in her bedroom and she's struggling with it. It's kind of this this short period, this this kind of short few minutes where she's going through this, and these are all things on her mind, and this is kind of what's going on. And then I think this is kind of that next step forward where she's demonstrating, like, I realize that I beat myself up. I realize I criticize the crap out of myself. But I also realize that, and I love how she says, like, I talk a whole lot of shit. Like, a lot of the stuff that I'm criticizing myself is BS. Like, it's B. I have a lot of BS with myself. And it doesn't matter because I'm awesome no matter what. And so I think she is asserting, like, to other people but also to herself, like even when I forget, but also tell yourself, like, don't you forget. It's almost like that little pep talk to herself, you know, like that moment to your point where she's standing in front of the mirror saying like, you know what, you, you cause a lot of trouble for yourself, but you're awesome. Even when you're making mistakes, even when you're beating yourself up, even when you're doing the exact thing that you were trying not to do, like you're still awesome. And that doesn't, like, again, it's back to, you know, what you do doesn't detract from your self-worth. You're still, you have inherent self-worth as a human being. Most of us don't know that or we forget that all the time. Even if we're aware of it, it's not something we constantly feel. So I I really, I think this is kind of like that. It's that um, climax of the song where it kind of ties it together instead of leaving it in this, um, I don't know, like vulnerable mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, trying to make sense of it and stuff. She actually, I don't know. It's cool. I think yeah, it's, I, I really like it. She's brilliant. No, well said. Well, I think we, this was really fun, Catalina. This yeah. is the first song great we've tackled song. and it's, it's an amazing song. And, and Demi Lovato, if you ever happen to listen to this <laughs> and we get any of your parts wrong, we would love to invite you onto our podcast to correct us because we we love this song and we love you and we would love to hear what insight you have if we've interpreted any of this wrong we'd love to hear where what you were and what you were thinking when you when you wrote this song yeah and demi after hearing this song i'm like one of your biggest fans now (laughs) and i had such a connection with you in your documentary and on the joe rogan podcast and this song is i heard the song after that and I just, I, I love you. I think you're a beautiful soul. And um, yeah, we would love to have you on our podcast because I believe you're on a spiritual journey that is real and cool and authentic. And uh, we just love to get your experience and kind of be part of the journey with you um, as a fellow traveler. So this was fantastic. Until was the fun, next guys. song we break down. This is Catalina and Raphael signing off. Peace out. We out of here. Thank you for exploring this song with us. Be sure to listen to all our episodes on song exploration. <laughs>